Welcome to Quirky Gems Podcast. I'm a creative living in Southampton, UK. I talk about chronic illness, creativity and everything under the sun. I'm Gem Swallow. This is Quirky Gems Podcast. Hiya guys, I hope that you're well. Welcome to another episode here at Quirky Gems Podcast. If you're a new listener, I hope this episode finds you well. And if you're an avid listener, you may have remembered that a few episodes back, I talked about an episode called A Woman's Right. Now, just to kind of jog your memory, I talked about, I found floating on my Instagram a petition based on sanitary towels. Does it sound familiar? Well, this petition is basically trying to get ingredients on the back of sanitary towel packaging. Well, I'm so excited to say that the founder of that petition, and also we may know her on social media, especially Instagram, as Love Your Period. This episode, I'm going to be talking to Molly Fenton. This is episode 69, In Conversation with Molly Fenton, founder of the PAD petition. Hiya, Molly. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on to Quirky Gems podcast. Oh, thank you for having me on. It's lovely. You're so welcome. How are you doing? You're right. I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm not too bad, thank you. I'm very excited to talk about this because, as you know, I'm right behind Jen, hoping that we can get those signatures on that petition. Oh, thank you very much. Yes, that's great. Okay, so you're 17 years old, is that right? Yes. And you're from Wales. Okay, so what I'd like to know is the background as to how you kind of came about thinking about starting a petition to get the ball rolling on getting ingredients on the back of Sunny Shell packaging. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, it all started, um, Love Your Period has been going since March, and this petition itself, when the Period Dignity Scheme was brought out in Wales, which Love Your Period was originally set to campaign for, I, it was my job in my high school at the time to be handing out these products and making sure the paperwork's done, etc. As I was handing them out, I realised that there isn't any ingredients on any of the side. So I'd heard of organic products, but I didn't know what they were. So I contacted organic product companies myself and found out a lot of information about how they were different. So they gave me information saying that in one sanitary towel alone, Bearing in mind that we use this for maybe four hours and we use a lot of them over the period of one cycle, there is 90% plastic. So this is the same as four plastic bags. They're around for 500 years. That is absolutely mad, isn't it? Yes. It really is crazy. It's common plastic waste on our beaches. Wow. So it, within the uh, within the sanitary towel, which part of it is the plastic? Is it the bit that you actually put into your underwear or is it the absorbing bit? All of it. That is absolutely <laughs> crazy. Only 90% of the whole pad is plastic alone. Oh my god. Wow, that's actually a shock to me, to be honest, because it's weird. I've talked about it in A Woman's Right, the previous episode, and I talked about that, you know, when you buy sanitary towels, it basically tells you that there's this material on the back called Raylon, but that's all it tells you. And I'll be honest, I still don't know what Raylon is, do you? <laughs> so it's kind of like, what's that? <laughs> if, if I'm perfectly honest, I don't know myself, but this is something with the campaign. Now, it's because I started it thinking... People might not like it, I'll give it a month, and if it isn't successful, then it's fine, I'll shut it down. But within a month, we had 500 signatures just in the first 30 days. So from that, 
I'm going to now on my Instagram page at Love Your Period be looking more into what they say. So they say this product may contain this or may contain that. And it's very brief and we have a right to know what we're using. Yeah, we really do. And I talked a little bit about in a woman's right that, you know, myself and, you know, I talked a little bit about it on previous episodes. I'm an endometriosis sufferer. And when I came across the, you know, the campaign, I actually found it through another follower on my Instagram. I'm at Gems Quirky if you want to go over there and if you want to follow me. And when I actually, you know, saw that this kind of has plastic in the way that you talked about it in the petition, I thought, oh my God, this can actually have a really detrimental effect on our bodies. And yet we haven't even thought about it like that. Exactly, yes. There isn't as much research into this at the moment but that's something i'm hoping i can push for in this campaign that people are saying well because what's in your pad is being absorbed 10 times faster because they're used so intimately so surely that means there's plastic inside of us and what effects can that have on our systems because it's not supposed to be there so people are saying there may be links to stuff like endometriosis and then when you're giving stuff like the combined pill due to um, your hormone levels that already aren't in the right place, it's making them higher and higher and making it worse. So I know that there's a lot of research going into this at the moment to find out how we can treat things like endometriosis effectively instead of making it worse by ways that we think are helping. So you talked a little bit about that you came across this whilst you were in school. What actually led you to pushing for the petition? What was it that kind of got you aware of it? this petition itself that's right yeah when i um because i I didn't know what organic products were whatsoever i hadn't heard of them before i hadn't seen them in the shops um the first um products i did see were yoni care in sainsbury's but they only recently just came out so i've always used always and body form and if i'm honest the cheapest ones that i could find yeah and um I heard about this from the Next Store Organic. I found them on Instagram, and that's their username, Next Store Organic. And they spoke to me and told me exactly what their products were, told me the ingredients in their products, and how how they have this effect on our bodies. So I used the information they gave me about the environment and the bodies, etc., and tried to work it out myself. And then when I realised it was all true, I couldn't that everyone keeps suffering with everything. I've used organic products myself now for four months. And I was on medication for my periods. I took a lot of time off school because of them. And I had some awful issues. And I don't really have any other issues at the moment since using them. They've gone for me. I put that down to organic products myself. I can't say that they are because there's no evidence that I can say that. But you've noticed a a change while using the organic products compared to something like, say, Always or Bodyform or other popular brands? Yes, definitely. Well, I mean, I'll be honest, it's weird because... When I when I was having um, education at school, I'm in my thirties, so I'm older at the moment. You know, I'm like a walking dinosaur. <laughs> but it's <laughs> we all know it to be true. But 
when when I was around about your age, I mean, my hat goes off to you. It really does because when I was your age, I mean, you know, endometriosis, polycystic ovary syndromes, a lot of things that happened to female reproductive health weren't talked about back then. It's like those diva cups you can get. They weren't they weren't even kind of a thought back like then. You know, when the dinosaurs roamed the earth. So <laughs> right now to have like this organic, you know, in having organic like sanitary towel items really it's weird because they're not really a new phenomena i remember my nan and when my mum grew up in the uh, the late 60s she used to say to me that when she first started her period you know she would have like a cotton sanitary towel she'd have to put into her underwear and then they'd have to wash it but it's so strange to think that it's something that we use we don't even think about it you know as you mentioned you were using a sanitary towel based on the price and the affordability i use something like you know tesco or sainsbury's own because it's affordable but you just don't think about the fact that how they can actually have an effect on your body on your hormones i mean it's hard enough being a woman isn't it indeed yes do you worry i mean one of the things that um you know we talked about is the whole plastic thing i know that there's a war on single-use plastics the only thing that I would worry about, and I don't know if this is something that you thought about as well, is if you use organic items, like say you're going to use, say, a cotton sanitary towel, um, my mind, it's kind of like, okay, you're using a sanitary towel and then you're going to wash it afterwards. So is that what those kind of sanitary items are like, or are they completely different to what I have in my mind? You can get products like that, yes, reusable sanitary pads, there are lots of you could even search just reusable sanitary pads on Instagram, that's what I did, and found loads of accounts and loads of companies. However, organic products themselves, and this is what I'm stressing most about this petition, are exactly the same. You use them exactly the same as you would a normal pad. Put it on, you wear it for four hours, you take it off, you throw it away, you change it. They are exactly the same, they don't feel any different. And so people, I think the issue we have with everything, especially with the environmental crisis, people are too scared of change. Yeah. We can't accept change, and therefore we can't, we, we don't feel able to. What I'm stressing about this is, yes, it may seem like a change, but when you try an organic pad or tampon for the first time, you will see no difference whatsoever. It might even be a little bit more comfortable, that's what I found. <laughs> and they, they, they are, they're exactly the same, but people just need to try it one time and realize and hopefully as more people try them and say oh look they're exactly the same i don't have to do any extra work that will encourage more and more people around them to try these products but the only difference is they're not pumped full of these chemicals and plastics so uh with tampons i mean they're kind of the same kind of material are they exactly the same i mean they have kind of you know they have the cardboard applicator if that's something that you want to use you know you have other forms like lily lets are they the same same kind of material or is it just sanitary pads um I, yes tampons are as well and then there's a big push the biggest concern about tampons um are the applicators so a lot of them lots of companies use plastic applicators and they just come with the tampons but i know there's been big work on the hashtag end plastic periods campaign that a lady called Ella Rand, and she's, um, I think it was yesterday, possibly or the day before, seen, now convinced Sainsbury's to change their plastic applicators, so of course more people will follow suit then hopefully. So I, 
I'm going to look into the difference that this makes to the actual tampon themselves. However, there's still evidence that there's still like pesticides and things in them. I had um, one girl come to me the other day, sent me a video of the tampon and something didn't seem right. So she pulled the tampon apart and found bits of wood in it. Oh my God. Yes, it isn't acceptable. She was going to use, so she's been completely put off using these tampons, which I don't blame her. So this is definitely something I'm going to look into and do further posts on. That's just so dangerous. Oh my God, that is really, really dangerous. Yes. (laughs) It really is. It's, It's crazy because, like, as you know, I'm an endometriosis sufferer, and... I've said before, like in um, A Woman's Right, when I talked about this uh, petition in that episode, and I said that it's strange that you don't really think about the ingredients. I've, I've had memories, and I'm going to be blunt here. I mean, this is not going to be a pretty picture that I'm going to paint, but I, like most other women, you know, you're on the toilet, you're just wanting a sanitary towel. You might look on the back of a package and think, okay, Raylon, that's all you're seeing. And it's like, Wow, and it's also what I find fascinating is that when you undo a sanitary towel kind of pad, you have that bit that kind of covers the plastic bit that you put in your underwear. And that's the first bit of plastic that you see. The wrapper's usually plastic, and that's the, you know, it's like, wow, you know, that's just mad. And there's nothing else that you can make from that. There's nothing else you can recycle it to become, you know? It's just crazy. Yes, it is. It's... it's... We, we trust people, we trust in thinking like our manufacturers know that these periods are important and this is an intimate area to be using these products and therefore they must be fine. We have this trust that it's going to be okay but of course this environmental crisis as a whole has shown that actually we cannot be 100% trusting that people are making the right decisions and it's what we call, which we are all equal I believe, no matter your position, in the world, we are all equal human beings, but it's us ordinary people that are talking about these things and starting campaigns and speaking that up that I need to stand up and need to make a difference. So if any of you are against this, I you need to start something because we cannot be trusting that everyone's making the right decisions because it's been made perfectly clear to all of us that some decisions have been hidden from us completely and we've trusted them and they haven't been okay. I completely agree and the other thing to consider is with when you go into a local supermarket or even buy online it's supply and demand so really we are only buying what they have available for us to buy you know if you go into a supermarket and you're going to buy a sanitary towel I mean much like we talked about just previously you know we buy something that's affordable for us and we buy it because it looks pretty and it looks like it's going to do the job we need it to do but what they have available to us is making us ill and it's it's like why didn't we wake up to this sooner you know i mean that's that is so wrong i mean how did you talked about it uh that this was something that your school did you know because um i've just found out that recently on instagram that in wales there's something about that there's not enough education to talk about periods if i have that right Yes, well, what we've, what we've found, the same as with the period dignity scheme, England seemed to get it, and Wales is left until enough people stand up and sign petitions and go physically campaigning for it. I, I believe, because of course it's Endometriosis UK who have started this, that 
if we educate people enough, not only about periods, but about period products, about period plastic, about illnesses such as endometriosis, then that will make a big difference. The younger the person, the easier, it's, it's weird to think, but the younger the person is, it's easier for them to take it in and absorb that and keep that with them all their life. I had a 10 minute period chat when I was in year six, so I would have been 10 years old, and I had no clue what was going on. None of it was clear to me, and frankly, it made me terrified. I've been going around to primary schools giving my own um, personal social education lessons in periods, teaching year fives and year sixes as much as I can just about periods and answering their questions, because otherwise, I don't think they're going to get that. Something we've got to be careful of is that even though we are campaigning, they will say, right, we will start this education date in, let's say, for example, 2022. All the classes up until 2022 won't get that education. So what we've got to make sure now is that we are working, which I'm doing a lot for, with little periods, working as much as we can to teach the kids that are in year four, five, six, seven, eight now, between the ages of eight, nine, and 12, what periods are and everything that they really need to know about them. It's strange because you just mentioned a little bit about your your past I guess you would call it your health history education you know and it's something I remember being at school I started my period when I was 13 and um, I remember my mum telling me a little bit about what her period was like and I know that with heavy periods sometimes it can run in the family but if my mum wasn't that open about it I didn't get any education about it at school and when I left school, I actually remember getting this pack. It was in like an A4 envelope and it had leaflets. And it talked about everything to look out for, like the differences in breasts, the differences in vaginas, you know, uh, relationships, what's right, what's wrong, masturbation, all this kind of thing that affects teenage girls but aren't being taught in education. So when you talk, you know, when you talked a little bit about your experience, I was like, how can this be right? You know, I mean, when you think about it, I remember having a sex education, uh, you know, lesson, and I talked about it previously in an episode where I said, it was just one lesson with a banana and a condom. How are you supposed to learn anything from that? Oh, that is exactly what I had about four years ago. Never. What I had. <laughs> what actually happened, do you remember? Um, no, my teacher demonstrated, and then the class clown tried it himself, and then that was it. Oh my god. lasted about five minutes, and of course we were all laughing at the boy that stood up in my class, but that, that was all we had. I don't remember any information around it, and um, I felt that it was really important that us girls were taught about it too. So I believe that all these lessons should be done all together instead of splitting the boys off and saying, right, this is how you put a condom on, because I think it's really important that as girls we know as well. Yeah. And I think boys need to learn from that. I know for a fact that boys need to learn about periods too. The thing is that periods, even though it may only half the population actually have them, they affect everyone. So I live at home with my dad and two brothers, and they are affected by my period every month whether it's because I've eaten the whole contents of the fridge. We've all been there. <laughs> or I need one of them to run down and get me some sanitary pads because they've run out and I'm sat on the toilet waiting for them. 
or um, emotional for no reason, these things definitely affect them. And I guess it goes affect all school teachers as well. I know I've snapped at a few of my school teachers before because of my period that I shouldn't have, because it was very out of character, but they're affected by that. And I, I don't think it's fair when it comes to education to be asking teachers themselves to do it. The government should be supplying someone to come in or have a programme where they teach teachers what they have to do. Because I can imagine the teacher that taught me in year six probably just said 10 minutes of what she knew and what she thought was right because she hadn't had any backing from the Welsh government. Yeah, that's, so that's very really true. really important. We need to support our teachers for them to teach the children because it's a system and the system needs to start from the very top. It can't be someone else's responsibility to stand in and teach 30 kids every year off their own back. Well you mentioned something really interesting just then because you mentioned about a guy's view on periods. Now I grew up in um, a single parent family so when I was growing up my mum was having periods so I kind of saw firsthand the mood swings and oh my god the craving of the chocolate. I mean we've all been there right? But <laughs> I mean no dairy milk is safe. Other chocolates are available. <laughs> but, <laughs> I can't myself up here. But uh, it's strange because there's. it also has like a knock-on effect. I mean, I talked recently about when you're in a relationship. I mean, most people start relationships when they are a teenager. You know, it's their first real glimpse of what a relationship, you know, takes. Usually it's your, you know, your body's ravaged with hormones and you're trying to figure out who it is you mesh with but when it comes to periods women yeah we bleed but also as you mentioned it, it, it does affect men I mean I remember having periods and my brother knew you know I'd have to worry about disposing of the sanitary towels okay and making sure there was no blood around the toilet these are all things that we have to be aware of but another thing is that with the epidemic about young men because there's an epidemic of young men and suicide and it's strange because this has a knock-on effect with that as well, mental health. With men, they might think that if they have a girlfriend or someone close to them that's having mood swings and they might not fully understand what it is their girlfriends are going through, it's going to affect them, you know? And it's strange because I remember looking at it from my younger brother's point of view and thinking, He's seeing my mum having periods and I'm having periods. It can't be that great for him. Oh, my God, you know. <laughs> Thank God he had a bedroom to go to and play his computer games. <laughs> but this okay. is all the things you have to kind of take into consideration. Would you agree? 100%. I think they need this education because they need to know. And as you said, going back to relationships, I probably get about 25 messages a week from girls and sometimes boys or um, if someone is in a relationship with someone else saying, oh, look, I've been on my period and I ate my boyfriend's chocolate and this and that and she's mad at me and now we've had an argument but I can't tell my mum my period because that's disgusting and he wouldn't like me anymore. This is whole, it all links back to period stigma, giving love your period its name, love your period, because it applies to not only accepting ourselves and our bodies and our personality, but what's happening inside them too as we know a key to every relationship is communication and that doesn't disapply periods whatsoever it's really important to talk about them because they do affect both people in a relationship it affects the whole family if you're at home and 
I really do think that this is where, once again, the Welsh Government needs to step up with this education because it's this education teaching children at a young age that it's okay to talk about periods and this is what they are. And I bet they wouldn't say it out loud, but if I asked a few boys quietly that I wouldn't think would want it, they, they'd probably say yes because they've come to realise that even as a teenager in life, be, be going through school with girls around them or having a girlfriend or being in a different type of relationship with someone, that it does affect them and they don't know what's going on and the stigma means that they can't talk about it or they feel that they can't talk about it. Yeah, and this very thing is something that, again, isn't really thought about, you know, and it, like, you know, we just talked about, it has a knock-on effect, so if it happens to, like you said the other day on your on your Instagram, you know, that half of the world's population have periods, and the other half usually are supporting someone that have periods. Something that I wanted to ask you is that you've mentioned the Welsh Government. Since this petition has gone live, has anyone from the Welsh Government actually contacted you to show support? Well, I've been working alongside Julie Morgan and the Labour Party in Cardiff. They um, are extremely supportive. They um, got in touch with people like ITV, um, which um, have done some recording and some filming and shared on their own Instagram about the campaign, which has gained a lot more supporters already and hopefully more to come. And I've got a meeting with someone in the Welsh Government called Hannah, who is the Minister in Charge of the Period Plastics, etc., on September the 18th. So I'm planning to have 1,500 signatures by this time. September the 18th and the petition officially closes on September the 22nd. So the Welsh Government are willing. The petition hasn't been shut down because we had over 150 signatures in 30 days. We had 500 which is amazing. So now we've just got to prove to them this is something that we all care about. It's not just, we, well we have 850 signatures at the moment. It's not just 850 of us randomly made to sign the petition. There's going to be over a thousand of us hopefully saying, no, we want this. We have a right to know what's in our products so we can make our own informed decisions for our environment and our bodies. And once again, it's really important that we do have that right. We, it shouldn't be taken away from us. You talked about that you get messages, especially on your Instagram, saying, you know, about young people saying that, I've just snapped at my boyfriend because I'm on my period, but it's gross and I don't, you know, I don't really want to tell him, you know, I'm bleeding, I'm craving everything salty and sweet at the same time, you know, help me out here. But I wondered that since this petition's gone live, have you had anyone direct message you and said, oh my God, we are 100% you know, behind you. When you've gone out on the streets, I noticed on your Instagram just recently, you've gone out and you've, you know, you've gone out to say, come on, sign this people, we're here, you know, help us out. Have you had many supportive messages coming at you to say, you go girl? Every single day. Well, that's brilliant. I only had one incident where someone, no, probably two, two incidents where, like, when, yes, um, on, what day was it yesterday? On Monday, I yeah. was out in Cardiff City Centre, and we had two grown males negatively um, say something to me that wasn't very nice directed in the way of the petition, but they are the only two times that anyone's actually 
negatively gone against it. We probably have about 10 messages a day. And then if people have seen us out in the street, we usually get them to follow us. So I'll get home and we'll have 10 new followers, all of them that have seen us in the day. And at least eight of them would have messaged, please send me the link so I can share it on. It was so amazing to see you today. Thank you for the work you're doing. And they are 100% behind us. And that's why I want to thank you as well, because you've always... You've done a lot on the petition to help share it and everything, and everyone has. And that's really, really amazing to know that there are people behind this and there are people that want this. So that's what we have to show the government to get this law passed. Well, as you mentioned um, earlier on in the episode, you know, that people are afraid of change, but also to all those people that, you know, go up to you and give you negative feedback, some people are, are afraid of strong women you know some people are afraid of empowerment and that's their issue it's not yours you know so i also would like to know i mean instagram is a big thing as well and i know that you're on twitter as well has anyone actually said oh my god molly i recognize you from instagram you know has anyone come up and kind of said oh my god you know well it's more been um, one time I walked into a shop in Cardiff City Centre. I went shopping with my sister to find. I met an adjunct. So when this podcast would be out, I'd been at a event on Wednesday in London, and I had to go out and buy a dress for it because my wardrobe is just full of jogging bottoms and baggy tops when I'm on my period. Oh, uh, I feel yeah, I really do. <laughs> and um, I went into a shop, and one of the colleagues turned around to the other and went, "Look." look, it's a lovely period girl. Or I'd gone out at nine o'clock at night in, in my pyjamas, but I wasn't actually in my pyjamas. <laughs> to like, uh, my brother wanted Subway, so my dad and I went down and there was a group of six girls there who I'd never seen before all going, that's Molly, I know it is. And the other one's going, no, it's not. Because I, I usually have makeup on and my hair straightened on the Instagram post, but I've got very curly hair. And then um, it's like, no, no, it's not her, it can't be her. But yeah, it is her. I get that all the time. Every now and again, I'll turn around and go, oh, hi, yes, it's me. But people do. And a lot of people, it's quite interesting to see when um, they message me or they comment on a post or they shout me out on their story and I share it and they're like, oh my gosh, you responded to me. I can't believe it. Thank you so much. It's it's like a celebrity presence. That's just Um, really amazing. It really is. It is. I do, I always respond to all my DMs within hopefully 24 hours. I'm always on the account. If I'm unwell, um, then my sister takes it over. She's 12, Tilly. She's amazing and a really big Hello to Tilly. Hi. (laughs) So there's always someone here and there's always someone there to pick up the DMs or to answer on comments. And we do as much as we can to bring the audience in. So, for example, on Monday when I was in Cardiff City Centre, all the people that were volunteering with me, there was my sister, my mum and myself, but we had three other people that had gone to my school that were supporters of Love Your Period and said, can I come out and can I petition with you? So we always use our followers and supporters around us as much as we can because at the end of the day, they're the people that need to be involved in this. We want to involve everyone. We don't want to be an account that is exclusive and you just follow us and watch what we're doing we want everyone to be involved and that's why i think we go most of our support and most of our publicity is bringing everyone in so doing things such as when we did men's week getting people's opinions or doing things such 
as um, my first period story or my embarrassing period story. We've done so many things to bring people in and uh, we've had a great response from that. So I think people do like being involved. And when people get involved and they actually talk to you, and of course being out in person, having a conversation with someone, has made someone go, yeah, okay then, I will sign the petition, I've changed my mind, I will do it. Because they have that interaction with with me, I guess. I'm showing that I care, and I care about their signature and their support, and therefore they're more willing to join Love Your Periods, even if they do feel affected by period stigma, and sign and support and share the petition. Has your, you mentioned that this started when you are at school, has your school actually contacted you and said, oh my god, well done, this is absolutely amazing? Um, no, not currently. I, I was in quite a bad school environment and I'm moving in September to a different school, which I'm very excited about. But um, I was off school with mental illness for quite a while and I had to reset my GCSEs because of it. Um, so I'm going to, my sister still attends that school, so in September, because of course we started this, we started this at the end of June, I think it was, so I would have left school by then anyway because of GCSEs. My sister's going to take a paper petition in and take it around to all the teachers and as many students as possible, and then I'll take it into my new school. So I think this is one of the first times that they'll hear about the petition. I have sent it to the head teacher, etc. However, we haven't had much response. So that's why I'm going, right, if we take it in in person, they can't say they haven't seen it. <laughs> so How amazing is your sister, though? How amazing is Tilly to actually take it around the school and say to everyone, you know, sign this, this is a really good cause, hats off to her. I know, she is, she's only 12, like her, but she is absolutely amazing. She's only just started her period herself, and she said, oh, well, I'm not scared. She was fine. She came up to me and she went, oh, by the way, I started my period. And I was like, um, this is a big deal. And she went, well, no, I knew everything about it, and I knew where the sanitary products were, and I knew I had to use the organic ones. So I was fine because I'd learnt it all through Love Your Periods and the Instagram page. Oh, that is so amazing! I'm hoping I've had that effect on other girls as well um, that have come and have said, look, I think I'm starting my period, what are the signs, what do I do, how can I tell my mum or my dad or whoever looks after me, what do I do? And we're there to give that support and I'm hoping that lots of other people that have started their periods have um, been helped by the page that I run. Because we do, we're on it every single day. I've spent every day of my summer holidays, which has been amazing, either out in the streets campaigning or in meetings with the right people or in meetings with people I think that can help me or on lots of phone call conferences. They're really <laughs> quite boring. <laughs> there are loads of different things that I've done and hopefully by, by September, I'm hoping to have got the campaign and the petition all together up to 3,000 supporters. That's the... That's the hope because every day we're working towards it. We post three or four times a day with the exception of a few days. Even when I was on holiday, I was monitoring and out petitioning. Out in, um, I went to West Wales on holiday and I was out in my flip-flops and my shorts and my beach wear getting petitions. Because it's really important to keep going. And if, people, if you show people that you're so dedicated to it and you'll work through it, the more support that you'll gain, which is ultimately what we need. We need supporters to show the Welsh Government that actually 
they need to change what they're doing and they have the power to do it and only they can make that decision. So let's talk a little bit about period stigma because this is something that when I was growing up you didn't hear a lot about because I'll be honest social media wasn't really a thing back then. I mentioned before you know I am a dinosaur I'm well aware of it <laughs> but social media wasn't really like a massive thing and periods weren't really talked about. I mean I remember having you know bad periods and you'd just be sat on like the side of your chair with a hot water bottle tears coming down your face because you used to think oh my god you know just hurry up and pass the cramps it was literally cramp you know cramp central at my school my experience was not that different really from yours but even then you know if you kind of talked about periods you were like oh well that's gross and it was mainly boys that said that so what does period stigma mean to you before and since doing the petition right so period stigma i it was a term that i've never heard of before um, I'd say about January of 2019, I first heard it, and I thought, oh, you know, it's just, you know, of course there's stigma, you've got mental health stigma, you've got this, you've got that, there's so much stigma around different things. Um, and then I had to do a debating competition, and I titled my piece, what was it? Um, if we remove period stigma in the United Kingdom, can we more effectively attack the period poverty? And um, my speech started... Okay, you ready? This is very good. Let's go. I'm listening. Periods, periods. <laughs> and everyone's faces in the room, I've never seen so many people so shocked and embarrassed. And I felt so bad, but of course I couldn't stop speaking because they were timing me for this competition. And it was that night that I realised this stigma is massive. And it shouldn't be that. And the fact that some of the girls were more embarrassed because there were other boys in the room made it even worse. So the stigma doesn't just affect people that don't have it, but it also affects the people that do because they think, oh my gosh, you just said the word period. We're not supposed to be talking about that. And that's when I thought, if I don't step up and take this action, no one is going to. So now is the time to start something. And I was just very lucky for the fact that my campaign was one of the ones that took off very quickly. But I couldn't just stand back and wait for someone else to do it because when you're so passionate about something and you need something to come out and make a difference, you just have to take and be brave and just do it. It was a big, big thing for me to do. I wasn't, I was terrified about that public speaking competition. It wasn't really something I did before. I can be quite quiet and quite shy, but bring a period topic in front of me and that's it. I'm a completely new person because I feel so passionately about it and I know that actually I've learnt to know that I can make a difference. Even though I'm young and I'm not an adult yet, people are listening to me. So I need to push for everyone else that isn't able to push that end period stigma and try and make as much of a difference as I can globally, not just over Wales. Well, you have, age is nothing but a number, really. You know, you have a voice, you have the right information, and, you know, social media can be really great for getting it out there. So something that I've noticed, I mean, you know, with chronic illnesses, getting them out there, because someone out there might be suffering from something you're suffering with. And as we talked about something like endometriosis, that's one thing. But age, really, I think a lot of people say to people, you're young, you don't know what you're talking about. But when you think about it, with you know, it's the next generation coming up. So I'm of the mind, you know, 
age is nothing but a number of the you know of the years you've been walking around this planet you found something you have a great de you know determination for and my hat really goes off to you because I'm like yes this is you know you have the platform and you're using it to spread awareness and to say this is happening and we're not gonna shut up about it until you do something about it you know and to me that is really something to feel great about you know have you noticed a difference in your own confidence since doing this petition one million percent well that's amazing worse than approaching someone on the street and asking them a question or people i've never known before um and i found that when i am doing this campaign and this petition i I just, I feel like I'm going to use this in a really cringy tone now. I blossom, as my mum would say. I become this different person because that passion just takes over and I'm able to do things that I don't think I'd ever be able to do. And yes, of course, there are people that turn around and, as you said, say, you don't have a clue what you're on about or um, are you really sure you want to be embarrassing yourself like this? But I know for a fact that I'm helping to end, even if it's just for one or two people, I made a difference to that period stigma i've been able to say they've been able to say right i am on my period and you need to know about it to other people around them thanks to the work of love your period and i'm not going to stop that just because of other people and sometimes i do get embarrassed sometimes i see a few posts when i'm scrolling through instagram and think oh my gosh there is no way i'd ever be able to post that but more and more as we're getting there, because there's things we have to talk about. We have to talk about what colour um, period blood is. People need to know if it comes out a different colour, they're going to panic. You need to know they what's healthy. Discharge. They need to know yeah. so many different things, and I've got the platform to be able to tell 2,100 people about it, so I'm going to use that, and I have to use it, and it's my responsibility then to make the right decision thinking, right, it may make me feel embarrassed, but this is going to help someone and therefore I am going to post it. Yeah, I completely agree. And you just talked about, you know, about period blood and it's something that, I mean, I'll be honest with you, we're taught to look at our boobs and to look for, you know, puckering of the skin if there's a lump there or if we find a lump on our body, have it checked out, you know, if it's not symmetrical. But not many people talk about discharge, you know, is your, does your discharge have an odour? Does your blood look different? You know, all this kind of thing that's really, as soon as you hit your, you know, as soon as you hit your periods or puberty, it's something that becomes you. It's something you've got to have an awareness of because the slightest change, you know, the slightest odour, you've got to think, okay, do I need to get this checked out? Is there an underlying problem? So we talked about the petition. What I would like to know is, because I know that it ends, did you say September 22nd, is that right? Yes. So if you get the amount of signatures that you need, what happens after that? Well, my hope is that it will be accepted and a law will eventually be passed. It might take a while. It may take many more phone conferences or meetings and more evidence, which I'm more than happy to spend my time getting. A few trips over the country, I'd love to go up to London, <laughs> that'd be great. And um, hopefully once, the whole goal is to get this law passed. When this passes, this means that from a certain date, any sanitary products sold in the United Kingdom would have to be labelled, otherwise they can't be sold. It will be, like with food, it has to be labelled, it'll be exactly the same. 
my hope eventually from this is that people will learn more about the ingredients, realise what they're doing to us through education, then switch to other ingredients. As I said before, there's a campaign run by a lady called Ella, hashtag end plastic periods, who is going the full way to try and get plastic removed from period products 100%. So mine is, mine is like half of that, saying like we need to get these ingredients in to help people, and Ella's going for the full thing, which I fully support on Level Period and spread as much as I can. So it's, my petition is just one stepping stone from people like Ella's and loads of other people all over the world. But I think that highlights how much of an issue it is. So hopefully when I take this, they will say, yes, we will consider passing a law, then meet about it and decide that, yes, we are going to do this in the United Kingdom. So you mentioned that soon you'll be going back to school to retake your GCSEs. Since doing Love Your Period in a Petition, have you thought about what you might do when you leave school? Um, I, I think I want to continue in education. However, no, I know for a fact I'm going to continue in education. However, I'm going to be working um, a lot more with Love Your Period, so it's not going to be full-time. I'm not full-time this year, so I'll have three lessons. Um, and then, of course, in A-level altogether, you don't need free time. Uh, as in, you don't need, sorry, you don't need a full timetable, and then hours get cut. So I will be treating every day like it always has been. I'll have six hours, and that'll be my school day. When I'm not doing schoolwork, it's campaign work. That's how I've worked this year. So every day I'd say I'd have, apart from GCSE season, um, three days at three hours in the day of work, one hour break, two hours of campaign. So I'm running this as much as I can alongside my education. It's not having much of a downfall on my education, luckily. And if it does, I'll be reducing the hours of regular period. But I need something to post in the morning and I need something to post at three o'clock as soon as I get out of school. I need to carry on with the with the um, engagement that I have with the page to make sure that other people are engaged with the page and realise how much it means to me and them because I need to be working on it to show them that. So what does your mum and dad think about the petition and how it's gone so far? Oh, my mum loves it. She loves coming out. She's so pleased about it. We are all so surprised it's got 850 supporters or many already. I don't think I've ever, I don't think I even know 850 people. <laughs> so it's been spread so much. I think we've had something like 600 shares of it online, which is really amazing. Because I, I don't know half these people. They've picked this up and they thought, yes, I care about this. And they've spread it without even knowing me, which is really lovely to see. My dad um, is actually really supportive. When I started the campaign, he took me to a big meeting. We've got a Rotary Club, Malishan Rotary Club, who've been amazing at the campaign. And I saw them the day before I started my the Love Your Period campaign on Instagram officially. And he took me and he sat there. It was like a formal meal and everything. And he looked so embarrassed. He was really, really embarrassed. But now, he's fine. 
That's really amazing. So I just think it's amazing you've got such a supportive family and they're right with you, you know, going out there, gaining signatures. It's really amazing. It really is. Fair play to them. So finally, can you tell everybody if they want to find out more about the petition and if they want to follow you on social media, where they can find you? Um, on Instagram, my main platform, you can find us at Love Your Period. Um, the petition I post about almost every day on there, you can find it in our description, the link. Also, our Facebook page, which is brand new, the, um, is called Love Your Period Campaign. Um, I'm still learning how to use Facebook at the moment, so that will be up and running as soon as possible. But the page is there for you ready to support. Our email if you've ever got any questions, suggestions, or um, you want any advice is loveyourperiodcampaign at gmail.com. And we also have a Twitter page that will be used now. We will be setting up again and starting to do at loveyourperiod1. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's been an amazing to chat to you and it's such a great cause. So you heard it guys. If you want to go over and you want to find Molly and I believe that the petition's on your link on your Instagram page, is that right? Yes, it is. So go on. You can also find her in my friends list. Uh, it's at Love Your Period. That's where you can find her. And uh, if you want to find any future or past episodes of Quirky Gems podcast, you can find all this and all the information that Molly talked about on the po on the post, get it right, Gems, on the post on this podcast episode. It's all go it really is. Get your tongue right, Gem. So it's thequirkygem.wordpress.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at Gems Quirky, and I'm also on Twitter as well at Gems Quirky. So for chronic illness, creativity and conversation, keep it here, guys only at Quirky Gems Podcast.